Welcome to the Militant Grind podcast. Today, I have a special guest from a far, far away land. <laughs> um, I have Pete Taylor, the founder of the Awakened Man Project. Pete, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm from across the seas over uh, just outside of London. Right, right, right. Yeah, man. I'm glad we actually took the time to make this happen, man. I know the time difference is crazy. Um, it's 10 a.m. out here, 6 p.m. out there. But hey, whatever we got to do to make this happen. Yeah, that's it, man. It's uh, being able to have these sorts of conversations all over the world. It's it's like it's 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 awesome because you can reach so many different people. It's not just like local network anymore. Mm-hmm. It's the multi millions of people that we can reach. Oh yeah, man! I can't wait to tell my friends, like you know, show them this conversation. I'm like, how in the world did you make this happen? You know, it's amazing, definitely amazing. So I want to go over your journey. You know, uh, growing up. You know, and um, did you grow up in London? Yeah, yeah, just outside of London. Just outside of London. Okay, so how was it for you growing up? Uh, he, I, I don't want to go into that, that stereotypical, it was difficult, but it was difficult. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, and I think, like, and I was having this conversation the other week, actually, that I, that I think it's important for all all boys and men to go through some form of like adversities through life and to go through pain because it molds you. Mm-hmm. And like dur- during the period, you don't know that it molds you, especially when you're a young boy. Like you don't, right. you, you have no idea that's molding you. This is the worst thing that can happen to you. But when you, when you look back, it's like, ah, okay. And now I can see the sequence of events that ultimately shaped me into who I am today. So mm-hmm. Like in my in my younger years, when I was a teenage boy, my bone structure and my muscle density was three years below what it should have been. And this was like from the doctors and the hospitals telling me this. So imagine 13-year-old boy, I look like a 10-year-old boy. 16-year-old boy, I look like a 13-year-old boy. So uh, from an early age, I was bullied by the boys physically, bullied by the girls verbally mm. like i can i can i can remember um a conversation when i was 15 years old um with my i was with my best mate and we're in like this field and we're underneath a tree and we're with two girls and one of the girls said to me like which is deadly serious mm-hmm. pete why are you so ugly and um and i'm <laughs> and i remember i like brushed her i was like and it was a serious question as well. I like I remember her name. I remember the, the exact moment. And she was being deadly serious. And I remember on like the outside, I was trying brushing it off because I was next to my buddy. Uh, mm-hmm. On the inside, it's like absolute torture. Like, like I died inside, and it would and that's like summed up my like early early teens of just being being bullied both physically and and, and verbally. But a week later, I joined a gym. Uh, you know about 16 I was 16 when I joined the gym and her saying that to me stemmed that because I was like I've got to do I've got to do something about it mm-hmm. and um, a friend of mine she worked she worked in the gym cafe and she said there's an opening so I went and took the opening and and I got into this into this gym world and little did I know then that was my first step into personal development and self-development and and personal growth because there was something that I could do that would actually change who I who I was, who like the way I looked. And then because I started looking a little bit better, 
there, there comes a little bit more confidence. Right. Like there comes a little bit more like, oh, I'm a bit, okay, I'm a bit more certain about like who I'm becoming here. And, um, and so I started to grow as a, as a little boy. And as, the nickname was Little Pete mm-hmm. into Not So Little Pete. Are you like uh, pretty short or something like that? I'm five seven. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> right, so right. Like, I'm not <laughs> a little good height. I'm not, I'm not like, weight, you know. Yeah, but back then it was both, right? It was both. Mm-hmm. It was like I was, I was, I was short, and but I also like my, I was small, really, really small for my age. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and when you when you're that age, like it's just like any means to to find something to pick on you. Right, right. And so after you started working out and getting into personal development, how was life for you then? Yeah, so I took the I took the the going to the gym pretty seriously because because it had such a profound effect on me. Like it made a change and not long after I started going to the gym, mm-hmm. lo and behold, the girls started liking me. And lo, lo and behold, like some of the cooler kids started liking me. Um so like fast forward into my early 20s and and I'm I'm competing I'm doing bodybuilding um and fit like fitness modeling over in the UK um mm. and so that that like me stepping foot into the gym really really started to shape who who I was becoming like and w- when I first started competing it was purely vanity there was no mm. other reason for it I was like I just I just want to look good that right. was it right Little, little did I know that it would, that because I would have to make so much sacrifice or signing up to competitions when I'm on stage mm-hmm. with, uh, I think the first competition I did, there was 36 guys uh, that I was competing against. There was a lot, there's a lot of people that you're competing against. And the last thing you want to do when you're standing on stage, literally being judged in your pants is look the worst. Right. So, um, you may like I was kind of forced to eat right, to train right, to do all the posing practice, to mm. make incredible sacrifice, to then look good on stage, and that and that taught me many lessons. Mm-hmm. And what were some important lessons that that taught you? It taught me that if I wanted to achieve something, mm. like if I wanted something in life, and if I put my mind to it, that that. I've got a good bloody chance of getting it if I dedicate. Mm-hmm. And and there was absolute dedication there. Like fast forward a few more years, I'm still competing and mm-hmm. I'm competing internationally. And I got my pro and I got my pro card and come back to the UK in London and competed against all the pros in 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 a big arena in London. There was thousands of people in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um I did, you know, did really well there. And I got off the back of that and I was like, Okay, if I really, really put my mind to something, like I can cultivate, I can create my success here. Right. And, and where else can I apply that to? So the next, the next avenue for me was business. It was mm-hmm. uh, it, like at that time I was climbing the corporate ladder. I was climbing. I was doing really, really well in corporate. Uh, but I think about eighteen months after my last competition. No, no, no. It wasn't even that. It was like six months after my last competition. Mm-hmm. I um I started my own business. And I was like, right, if I can, if I can apply that that discipline right. that I learned during the competing stage, and I can go, well, I'll just use that in building up building up a business, mm-hmm. then let's see how it works over there. Right. And what business? What was your first business? Where did you start? Architecture. 
so hmm. from the age of 17 i um i started working full-time in corporate and i was being taken to university one day a week training to be an architect then i went into interior design then i went into like big like um imagine like the google building like off big office building like fit yeah. outs and design Mm-hmm. And so my first business was architecture and we set that up from literally living room, working in our living rooms through the, the period of six years and we grew that, um, went from office to office to office. We ended up uh, owning a three-story building in London. We had a team of 20 people, had tenants in the building. We were winning, we were winning awards for the work that we were doing, mm-hmm. winning awards for our culture and our, and our, and our, and our amazing team. And um, it was an incredible journey that took me that that and that took me into my early 30s. Mm-hmm. OK. And are you still in uh, architecture now? No. What's, no, the, no. Full, what's the full time thing? <laughs> I'm absolutely I'm absolutely out of the, the full time thing now is is what I'm doing with the awakened man. Mm-hmm. And like if you'd said to me. Even if you'd said to me even two and a half years ago you are going to be coaching hundreds of men and you're going to have thousands of men that follow you in your communities and on your podcasts. I live in like, not a chance. Not a chance. I'm, 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 de- I'm designing houses and big, like and big apartment blocks. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's, um, it's a very, very different world to, to, to what I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately like it was, it was, it was, again, it was like now, now I, now I look back and I look back at, all the events that happened during my like building of my business and then the breakdown of my business mm-hmm. and and all of my and all of my competing and then and even the breakdown of my marriage like it's it's all led me to where I am now because it's all because it, it's it's just given me the tools because I learned through so much shit and through so much hardship yeah that I can actually help a lot of people mm-hmm yeah, that's good. Cause I was trying to figure out how you transition from architecture to what you're doing now. You know, like this, that's this a that's is, a very is, different type of field, you know. It's a it's a it's a it's the it's the polar opposite, right? I've gone literally from a bricks and mortar business, you can walk in off the street and I'll we'll we'll, we'll build your home, we'll build your, your multi-million pound mansion, I'll mm-hmm. get the construction team out, like we're we're gonna do all of these things. It's it the the the, the complete opposite. What the the, the the kind of the similarities there is that I did have a team and mm-hmm. I was very good at coaching the team, leading the team. Um but and and also what's led me here is that me joining the gym at 15 years old was my first step into personal development. And then at 16 I picked up a book called How to Talk to Anyone. And then I continued that that reading of books yeah. and getting getting coaching all through my all through my twenties. Mm-hmm. And so I was all through my 20s and into my early 30s i was a consumer of pers- a heavy heavy consumer of personal development yeah and 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 it's and now now i've now i switched the switch and i'm on the other side and i'm a producer and creator of personal development that's interesting because i have a that's kind of like similar to me like i was very obsessed with personal development but that was just to get me through what I was going through, you know, at the time in my 20s as well, you know, just so I could be more motivated because I grew up with such, you know, like a very motivated family or people that motivated me. So I was like, OK, I had to motivate myself, you know, yeah. it's pretty interesting how, um, you know, in life, you're just you just you're just given certain tools 
And then you have no idea what those tools will lead you to, you know? It's like I said, it's it's only when you look back. Mm -hmm. It's 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 absolutely only when you look back. But and when I look back, I I can pinpoint the areas where I took what I, what I like to call the route B, the mm -hmm. difficult the the different route, not not the route that all my buddies were taking or or what my mother wanted me to take. The like the the safe the safer routes, like even the like the the going into the competing. Or to not or like I didn't go to university. I, did, I didn't want to go to university when I when I got out of school. I wanted to work. I wanted to earn money, and that was like a load of my buddies were going to university, and 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 my parents wanted me to go to university. And I was like, no, I'm going to go this route. I want to earn money. Mm -hmm. The competing was a weird route. It, all my mates were like, that is weird. That's strange. Why are you gonna Why are you gonna literally make all this sacrifice and not go out and party all the time? Right. To stand on the stage and be judged that is strange <laughs> and right it, 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 you know even even like when i climbed the corporate corporate ladder i was doing really well in corporate the mm -hmm. the moment where i was like that's it no i'm done i'm out i'm gonna set up my own business everyone was like right. why are you doing that that's weird don't, you, you shouldn't do that don't don't you know stick to the safe route mm -hmm. but i cannot i can pinpoint that every time i took the the riskier route the route b not the route a right the it, these magical things that happen afterwards. Hmm. Hmm. And so with your skills that you've honed in uh, throughout the years, how are you using that to help like the common man in your community? Here's one, here's one, here's like, here's the thing, like with the work that, that I'm doing with the awakened man is that I'm very much in the trenches with the guys. I'm very much still doing the work mm -hmm. and and extremely open about that. Like I'm not on the high horse and I've complete, I've completed the game mm -hmm. and come, come to me. I'm your new guru. I'm going to tell you all the answers, but I've got some answers, but I'm absolutely in the trenches. And, and like, when I, when my business broke down, this, this was like, this was the catalyst for, I was like, I need, something different here and i don't know what it is but i need to go and find it so mm -hmm. i built this company over the course of six years and just before just before i made the decision to leave i was i was going on a walk in in the so where i live in the in the uk i've got beautiful countryside right on my doorstep and i've got a dog so i go out on a daily walk Mm -hmm. And I was taking this walk and I and I'd done this walk a hundred times. And I know I know the exact route. I, and a halfway through the walk, I just felt I felt completely lost. Like I knew where I was, but internally I was very, very lost. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? Like I've got I've got I've got the car, I've got the house in the countryside, I've got the model wife, I've got I've built the business, I've got I've got the big team, I've got the watches, I've got all the things that I that I wanted in my early 20s. And I'm very, very unhappy. I'm very, very lost and very, very alone. I'm extremely isolated. And like, I, I, I do not feel good. And I hadn't felt good for a long time. And I was suppressing that for a very, very long time. I didn't really have anyone to talk to. Like the, the people I was closest to was my team. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's difficult to say to your team, guys. By the way, I fucking don't feel good. Like, right. you know, we got we got loads of we got loads of problems going on in the business that I've got to sort mm -hmm. out. We've got I've got hundred grand worth of payroll that I've got to find, and and I'm not feeling good. Like that mm -hmm. wouldn't go down. That wouldn't go down well with the team. Right. I felt extremely 
alone and extremely lost. And it was just a week later on a Saturday morning where a team member, one of my team members sent me a text message. Nothing out of the norm, a little, little, little problem with a bit of software. And I was like, ah, you know what? Screw it. That's it. I'm out. I, I can't, I can't do this any longer. This is, this isn't right. And, and now that I look back and I can see like where I made so many mistakes is that I didn't really know what I wanted. I was just going after the money. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no, ba- I had no boundaries. I didn't know what boundaries were. Like if you said to me, um, what's a boundary, Pete? I would have said it's a fence that you put up or it's a wall that you put up in architecture, right? Right. Like I hadn't, I didn't know these things about like internal boundaries that I could have as a man. I had no mm-hmm. idea about that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what assertiveness was. Um, I didn't like, I, just, I, I was just a nice guy. I was just a good guy. Yeah. yeah. Don't don't like if there's ever a problem, Pete Pete will sort that out. Don't worry, Pete's the guy. Pete Pete's the man. He'll sort that out. Any 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 sort of issue. But what? And I prided myself on being that nice guy, but that ultimately led to the breakdown of the business because like everything was on my shoulders. I had no one to talk to, mm-hmm. and I was letting it, and I was letting it happen because I had no boundaries. I didn't know how to say no. Hmm. Wow, that's interesting. So you just allowed a lot of pressure on yourself. Were you was it easy for you to delegate or you were yeah, just like, I, the thing is I was good at delegating. I was good at delegating. I, you know, I, I managed to build a team and I managed to build like a half accessible company. So I was mm-hmm. doing something right, but there was a lot that I was letting slide. There was a lot that I was letting slip. And there there was there was just many, many moments where I wasn't courageous enough to have the really hard, difficult conversations that mm-hmm. that is a requirement of running a business. It's a requirement of life. Right. You have, to, you have to be able to have hard conversations. I had no idea how to have them or when to have them. Do you think that um, it was something that you went through in your childhood that kind of like blocked you from having those hard and difficult situations? Like, I mean, conversations? Partly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like my parents divorced when I was 13. Mm-hmm. Um, I I remember it vividly. I remember standing on uh, in, in the hallway just on the top of the stairs and my dad telling me, my dad crying for the first time. I'd never seen my dad show any emotion. Mm-hmm. And it was and then and then and then that was that day after that. Par- our parents are divorced and um, I spent the majority of time with my mum and then my dad moved away. About 18 months later, he moved to a different country. And so from the age of 14 upwards, I had no real like masculine role models. Like mm. my mum, by the way, my mum, amazing. You know, yeah. phenomenal woman, very, 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 very loving, very, very feminine. And so um, and 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 she was she was great. Like she let me, she let me do my thing, but I didn't have I didn't have strong guys around me. I didn't mm-hmm. have like a strong role model that that I that I could be taught some of these things like 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 a boundary or like how to be assertive or like or, or like how to embody courage when when times get tough. I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have that for a very very long time. So even into my early thirties, although I looked like a man, I was just a I was a boy. I was a boy, looked like a man. Right. And and I see a lot of that. And a, and a lot of what I went through in, in, in not having boundaries, being, being a nice guy, 
you know, um, a, a boy in a man's body, that that sort of thing. Like, there's a there's a lot of guys that that come to us who have those same tendencies, who mm -hmm. had no real strong role models around them, um, that can that can help them get through life, or they're just freaking lonely, like I was. They that, like don't have like strong friend circles or the friends that they do have are just full of bad habits mm -hmm. like that it's surface level conversations talking about football and beer and tits right and, <laughs> right and, uh, yeah right and and, yeah. and and that's and that's and it's cool for a minute but there, there comes a time where it's like you know what i want a little bit more yeah want, if there I becomes want deeper a time. conversations yeah hopefully there will be time you know but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's the same, same out this way. It's like, you know, I don't watch sports. I don't, you know, I just don't do gossip. I don't do anything like that. And I will find myself trying to fit in with those people, you know, but because it's like, that's if I want to hang around guys, this is just what I have to get used to. This is just what I have to talk about. But now I'm like, you know what? I would rather be by myself than to suffer silently by doing something that I do not want to do or something that I'm not interested in at all. Yeah. So that that there, what you've just said, that is why we created the Awaken Man. Because I couldn't find it. Mm -hmm. I was looking. I was looking for. I was looking for like peer groups and masterminds. And the masterminds I did join were, they were just biz, They were just business oriented. Orientated. And it was like how to teach the next marketing tactic. And actually, all the guys in there were fucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> they had the same freaking. They had the same problems that I did. They just weren't yeah. telling, and they just they just weren't saying it. But I could mm. see through them because I'm like, dude, you are me. I can right. see you've got the same freaking problems, but your right. ego's in the way, and you're not, and and, and you're not saying anything because oh, I get it because we're men and we got mm -hmm. we got to keep it on our shoulders and keep it close to our chest. Mm -hmm. So we ended up we ended up creating it, and little did I know, I you know I just literally i just created it for me it was just meant to be a small group of guys that we could have good conversations about i could say some stuff that was on my chest and they would go mm -hmm. yeah pete we feel the same mate let's let's not cry about it but get it off your chest and then we'll think about the action plan and moving forward right so is is what are one of the foundations of the awaken man project men being able to be truly vulnerable and open yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Too. But ma ma massively, like vulnerability, vulnerability is, is absolutely frowned on for a man. It's mm -hmm. it, it's like it's really really frowned on for a man to be vulnerable. But it's really really important for a man to be able to open up and mm -hmm. and say, you know what, I have been, I have had this shit on my chest for a lot for for twenty years. I've told no one about it. It's weighing me down. I need yeah. to talk about it. Right, but also to be able to talk about it to a bunch of guys that aren't going to take the piss, the the all that aren't going to know not you know they're actually going to know what to say or know to be able to to, to hold the space, mm -hmm. and then not let not let you sit in the victimhood or or sit or or like sit in the pain for too long. It's like good, like we can now move around the conversation and 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 get an action plan to move forward with it. So right. and, and like we see that with so many guys like they'll they'll talk and then you see the shoulders drop and then lo and behold their business accelerates their relationship with their woman accelerates they become better fathers just because they've opened their mouth not to get out of conversation yeah yeah i, I definitely could see that because 
um due to the stigma of men not being able to be vulnerable a lot of us like i said before we suffer in silence and we don't speak our minds and we more so just you know talk to ourselves about a problem like say if someone was to say something to me i wouldn't really like speak out about it because i don't want to seem like i'm vulnerable and then i'll just go behind closed doors and just beat myself up about what was just said instead of just acknowledging at that time you know, like, hey, I didn't appreciate that. That was not cool. You know what I mean? Just like nipping some things in the bud, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and that there's that's a powerful man. A man a, a man that's like, he, he, he's got certainty in his abilities. He knows he, he's aligned with who he is. Mm-hmm. And he knows what his values are. And if something comes up that he doesn't agree with, he's like, you know, and, he, and he's not, don't agree with that. And I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to handle that. I'm not going to take that. Right. And it doesn't need to be in an in an aggressive in an aggressive way. It's just like, hey, you, you got your opinion, I got mine. Mm-hmm. But so, but so many guys won't do that, and will just take the bombard of shit, <laughs> and then behind closed doors, like the inner enemy, this the like the man inside the head will go, yeah, you fucking idiot. Why didn't you say? Why didn't you say anything? You should have said this. Why? Da, 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 da. Right, mm-hmm. the self, the, the voice in your head that will, that will just yep. continue to self sabotage you. Yep, that is that is the thing. Like I remember, uh, one of my friends from childhood passed away due to a motorcycle accident, and they said, "Do anyone? Does anyone want to come up here and speak?" You know, and I didn't, and I felt that pain. Like after, like man, you should have went up there. You should have said something. Like you only have one chance yeah. now. If there's somebody I'm close to, and they ask if anyone would like to speak, I always go up. You know, because it's like, I don't want to yeah. deal with that self-sabotaging after the fact, you know? Yeah, that's, that's, that's powerful. That's that. I, I would, I would assume that after that moment, you felt a moment of regret. Yeah, definitely. And the regret of, I didn't, I didn't go up and speak about, you know, my, my buddy. Mm-hmm. And that like, for me, this is, this is something that we, we teach and we run through all the guys and it's, and it's a tool that I use every day is what did I regret today? What's mm-hmm. the one, what's the one thing? Like I use it as a barometer right? because it, it like, it, it can, it, it can really, really direct us in life. And it can be as, it can be as small as like, I said something to my woman that I shouldn't have said. Or, or I said it in a tonality that I, like I, I should not have done that. Or it might mm. have been I didn't have the conversation that I should have had. It could be it could be any, or it could it could be as little as I ate too many cookies at ten o'clock at night. I regret that. It's right. whatever 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 that looks like for you. It's not from micro to macro, but you just focus on that every single day. It's like at the end of the day, what what was the one thing I regret today? And then tomorrow I'll make sure I learn from that. Right. It's a it's a fan it's an amazing tool, just like you with, with your man. It's like, well, there's a lesson there, and then the next, if it's like that ever yeah. happens again, or there's a moment to talk, it's like, hang on a minute. When this happened before, or there was a moment for me to talk before, I regretted massively right. not stepping forward. Right. I'm not gonna make the same mistake. Right, right. Yeah. And I feel like now um, you know, we have to be more consciously aware of the things that we do. You know, like one thing for me now. Is that I'm gonna start speaking with more intention and be more intentional about what I say and what I tell people, you know? Oh. Beat you there. Yeah, so with self-sabotage, we have this a lot with guys. Like 
we so we give it a name um either one or two names and i and i find this is the one of the best things that you can do is name it to tame it so we call it part x as in like the the letter x or the inner enemy and the inner enemy he's there all the time mm-hmm. he is there to fuck up our day every day of the week and he's not and he's not going to leave yeah like he's absolutely he's ne- he's ne- and, and as i think that's like a, a something that a lot of guys do like if i can just like get over the guy that's in my head and just to like get rid of him mm-hmm. everything will be cool like i'll be on the right path i'll get all the success i ever needed yeah. I'll, I'll feel great i'll be happy but that's that, that's just not the case like he will always be there but the the, the trick with the inner enemy is to just to know when he's there and to know how to tame him yeah and like he and he will he will come up at any moment possible he will come up when you've got the big opportunities right in front of your face um and, and he will come up when he just wants to make you feel safe and secure and comfortable mm-hmm. like like the easy like the easy easy example is um Pete tomorrow morning I'm gonna get up at five in the morning and I'm gonna train i'm gonna I'm gonna go straight to the gym Mm-hmm. good plan Pete good plan right five o'clock in the morning happens the alarm goes off buzz the alarm Pete you know what mate it's cold outside what and you trained three or four times already this week you don't need to train just chill in bed stay in bed mate you can train tomorrow you need you need the rest you're actually feeling pretty tired mm-hmm. all right sounds like sounds like a good plan to me so I stay in bed yeah I get up an hour and a half, get get up an hour and a half later. Don't feel as energetic as I normally do. Mm-hmm. I'm like oh, okay, well, yeah, I sh- probably should have probably should have trained, but I didn't. Anyway, get on with my day. By by ten o'clock, say, Pete, you're an idiot, mate. You should have trained this morning. Why didn't you get up at five? Like you said you're going to do. You said you're going to go up at five to train. Now it's ten o'clock in the morning, and you actually feel tired because you've eaten too much carbohydrates for your breakfast or whatever that looks like you mm-hmm. should have just trained mm-hmm. this so part x double he's, he's done he's done me a double whammy the the inner enemy double whammy he's he kept me safe in the morning he wanted to keep me comfortable in the morning keep me in bed which i agreed with him and then later on in late morning he's now like pete you're an idiot why didn't you train he's at me again it's just all and, it, and it's always there and like and so even when I get like opportunities, like maybe it's like a business opportunity or mm-hmm. something that's like big that's coming up in my life and I've got fear around it. And I'm like, yeah, now this is a big opportunity. I don't know whether this is the right opportunity. The inner enemy will come there. You, you have to really, really watch for him to come. And it's like, huh, okay. Is this genuinely me being scared and it's the right thing to be scared it's the right thing to be fearful and i need to lean i actually need to lean into that i need to go into the fear anyway or is that fear justified like how can i how can i just look at this logically because mm-hmm. more often than not when you've got a big opportunity in front of you and fear is getting in the way so don't do that don't do that you know stick with the job just play it safe mate play it safe that could likely be your inner enemy just trying to keep you comfortable kind of trying to keep you small yeah and it could be it could be your barometer to go hang on a minute. I need to lean into this. I need to step into that fear. Hmm. 
That's interesting that you call that an inner enemy because I would call like my other side the inner enemy. Like if I'm if I'm like okay, I'm gonna go to the gym at two p.m. and then I wake up and then I don't go. Like I'm like, what the fuck? Like why don't you get up? You're supposed to go. You you know you you made this commitment to yourself. Like now I'm like because you know I'm militant grind. You know so it's like. Now I'm like, okay, maybe that person is not the enemy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe that person is the is the good guy telling you to, you know, push through to go to get it. And the enemy is the soft one. That's what I'm getting. You know, it's the enemy like the soft one. Like you need to rest. You worked out yesterday. Don't worry about it. Take some time off. You know. Like I said, the the, the inner enemy is there to keep you safe. It's right. that it's he, <laughs> yeah. here's a, here's what here's what he's here to do. He's here to make to keep you making comfortable decisions. Yeah. Right. And 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 this is the the paradoxical thing is that every time you make a comfortable decision, mm-hmm. in the long run, you become extremely uncomfortable with the amount of comfort seeking um, decisions you've made. Yeah. So it's like. Let's just, you know, we just use the gym because it's such an easy example. So now everyone can relate to it. Right. Don't go to the gym, comfort decision. And we, and we go back a step. We just, just imagine like we've got a scale of like one to 10 Mm. and we're just in the middle on a five. 10 is like self-actualization. We'll we'll feel great. We're we're moving forward in life. It's serious growth. Mm -hmm. Five, we're just, we're just in the middle there. And, and, and one this is one is like we're, we're, we're slipping into anxiety. We're slipping right. into like, oh, my, like shit isn't going my way. Well, every time we make comfort decisions, we just will we'll be stepping back a point, stepping back a point. It might be point one, it might be point two, but we're stepping back points, points, points. Mm-hmm. And every time we make uncomfortable decisions, we're either making up that point or we're stepping forward a point. Right. And and the more the more like decisions we make where, where well we'll put our hands in the cookie jar and we'll eat more cookies than we should, mm-hmm. or we'll, we'll you know we'll we'll have we'll drink more alcohol than we should have done, or we'll just drink alcohol full stop, or we or substance abuse, or we watch some porn, something like that. Like we know internally that we shouldn't do it, but I felt right. an urge and I'm going to do it anyway. And then I'm I'm gonna skip going to the gym because I feel tired because I'm feel a char- lethargic over jerking off over porn, um, and then I'm just gonna I'm just gonna binge watch some TV. Now I'll get now I'll get to the end of the end of the evening and I, I'm like, that's a crap day. I don't feel good. I've just achieved nothing today. Yeah. And the more you make those comfort decisions, because your inner enemy is like he will just go. It's all right, mate. We'll make it up tomorrow. Tomorrow's a new day. Don't worry, bud. Yeah. The more you, you know, keep the, making them, you go back. The inner enemy is so prevalent in today's society that it's kind of like crazy because it's like I see that enemy inside myself and then like outside in the world so much, you know, because it, it just takes a lot of strength to shut that down because you have to deal with people telling you things like that. Like, oh, you should take a break. Oh, you should rest. Oh, you should this. You should that, you know, and, you know, it's it's. It's just very, very difficult in today's time because nobody wants to work. Everybody talks about things that don't matter, including online. You know, uh, it's it's just very, very tough, man. And I want to um, yeah. commend you for at least putting that message out there to have people like, you know, consciously aware of what they're doing to themselves, because I don't even think that they do. 
you know, because I say someone will tell no, me that I'm a workaholic, but then it's like, no, I have to do these things to get to where I want to go, where I see myself in the future. You know, if you want to, if you want to talk about, you know, the whole season of whatever show on Netflix, go ahead. But I, I just don't have the time for that, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, this is the thing, right? In, especially in, in our Western society, it's massively like it in the UK and I'm sure it is over in the, in the US is that it's very easy to give in to the inner enemy it's very easy to be lazy mm -hmm. oh it's yeah. extremely easy to be like society society is set up for us it's like that because if if our plan fails it's okay because we've got plan b and we've got plan c we've got plan d we've got plan e and then plan f is the government will support me anyway yeah um and, and so it's it's just it's mega easy to for the majority to not have any real freaking urgency to go after anything in life yeah and, and and this is the next thing it's especially freaking guys especially for guys is that two things number one we think we're never going to die think we think we're invincible right we never really believe that that, that our you know our heyday is, is you know could could be tomorrow we don't we're just like nah, I'll be all right i've got i've got years left mm -hmm. right and, and and that adds to like not being truly truly ur urgent that moments a moments a moment we could die at any moment yeah and the second thing is, which is maybe maybe the maybe the bigger thing, is that as men, we don't feel that anyone's truly watching us. Right. No one's truly, truly keeping us accountable. So, like behind closed doors, like like me, for example, I'm here in my home alone. Mm -hmm. No one knows what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I could just skip off the whole day. I could yeah. just watch TV the whole day. There's no, there's no one really to, to keep me accountable and and tell me not to do that. Mm -hmm. And so behind closed doors, and I see this with, with with guys that we work with. It's like a lot of um, husbands who, who who are married will watch a lot of porn behind closed doors, and it's in secret. I'm like, does your wife know? No, of course she doesn't know. She'd go mad if you knew, right? But you're getting away with it, aren't you? It's like, yeah, but it's, it doesn't matter. It's all right. What what harm is it doing? but it's a weak decision right. and th th like these like we because it's behind closed doors no one's watching we c men can consistently make micro weak decisions mm -hmm. the problem is over the course of a long time it turns into the macro right and the bigger thing this is the fucking bigger thing and you'll get this is that someone is watching right your soul is watching your subconscious is watching your psyche mm -hmm. You're mm -hmm. conscious, whatever you want to call it, that is watching. Right. And every time we as men make a weak decision, just a just a little dent, just imprints on yourself, imprint, 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 imprint. Until over time it becomes habitual, and then over time it becomes who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And then we definitely have to acknowledge that it's hard to well, it's not hard, but then it's like we all go through those times where we want to give in, but then that bigger voice tells us nah you know don't don't go to that page don't look at this porn don't search this don't search that because like you said it's like no one is holding you accountable like you could live a whole different life you know through your phone you know what i mean you could be a totally yeah. different person it's it's crazy it's like we can create so many avatars now you know and not really be authentic to ourselves you know because i i had a guy um you know, I had a podcast and they're just, you know, he's talking about cigar smoking or something like that. And 
you know, I thought about, I'm like, I represent health and wellness. Like I cannot be on a podcast when someone's smoking a cigar. Like I just can't because that goes against, you know, my beliefs, you know what I mean? Like no matter what the opportunity is, if it doesn't represent me and it's authentic to me, I have to cut it out. But that's where the mind discipline comes in, you know? yeah 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 and it's and it's and it's also for you it's and and for any man it's like well this is this is my values this is what i'm aligned with mm -hmm. and so and i'm i'm cool we're going over in this direction and you guys are cool we're going over that direction and that's yeah. and that's cool it's yeah. like it's like it's like the work that, that, that i do like mm -hmm. there are guys that that will do a similar sort of work to what we do but they'll be in the woods in their mm -hmm. yoga pants singing right. kumbaya bashing their drums and and th but that's that's like, I'm like that, <laughs> that right, that's right. like that wouldn't work for me. Like, mm -hmm. But but it's cool because there's a place and there's a place for it, and for some people it works. And if they like that, that's cool. Yeah, we all are so different. We all, about... yeah, yeah, we yeah, all are different. Absolutely. We all have different personalities, different capabilities. And now I'm to a point in my life where I'm not shaming people for wanting to do anything that they feel is good for themselves. That's not harming other people. You know, like it's not it doesn't make sense to make someone feel bad for what they feel that they're doing this right. You know, as long as it's not hurting anyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That the end. As long as, long as it's not hurting anyone else or hurting society. Absolutely. Right. Right. All right, Pete. So, um. In closing, I do ask everyone this question. When it's all said and done, when it's time for you to meet your maker, when it's time for you to pass on, how would you want to be remembered? Like, What would you want to leave behind in the world? I want to be remembered as, a, as an amazing father to my son. And then anything outside of that, I'm very, very happy with. Wow. I'm hearing that more often than not. <laughs> Like I had an um, interview um, the other day and a guy said the same thing. Like he wants to be known as an amazing father. And one thing I do know, you know, I'm a father for myself You know, I have four kids. And so me developing myself and becoming the best person that I am and being authentic is allowing me to be a better father to my children. So, you know, kudos yeah. to you because, you know, you're, you're on, you know, you're doing that. So I could see that happening based off of the work that you're choosing to do, you know? Yes, it's it's creating the the man that you would admire. Mm -hmm. That's it, right? And then you create the man that you'd admire, and then like your, your children see that, and then your partner sees that, and then your friends see that, and then we do podcasts like this, and then thousands of people see that, and then oh, yeah. it has that ripple. It has that. It has that ripple effect. Mm -hmm. But I know that if I create the man that I would admire, I'm you know I'm, I'm doing this with my son. I know that the, the impact that I will have will be bigger than that, but that's yeah. my main priority. Yeah, definitely. And it's like creating the father that you wish you would have had and giving them to your children, For sure. you know, your children as well. That's a very important thing, man. I really appreciate it. This has been a very, very good conversation, by the way. <laughs> like I've actually learned a lot, man. Um, you know, now I have to go do more research and, you know, learn different techniques to help me with my self-sabotage and, controlling my mind and doing what's best because I, I know that it's a constant battle, you know, but then it's like, I just want to have more tools possible to like, you know, win that battle every time it comes when it comes to defeating that inner enemy, you know? Yeah. Check out, um, inner Okay. There's, um, we, oh, we put together like 
tools and training on it because it's such a big thing for guys so in enemy.com there's a full like training kit it's an all it's a like private audio talk you mm. through how to how to defeat it right and then um you know she like to share anything with the people uh how do they find you online how do they reach you etc yeah best place to find me is on instagram it's pete underscore taylor and then the the website is heroicman.com okay Great, great, man. Uh, again, thank you so much for your time, Pete. I hope you have a great rest of your evening. I still have the whole day ahead of me, but <laughs> but um, good talking with you, man. I'm planning to connect again soon. Yeah, appreciate you, mate. No problem.